Hello and Happy New Year to everyone. I'm Larry Burns and welcome to the first edition in the new year of Discovering the Power of You. So many of you know that uh, I'm now living in Stewart, Florida, and in essence have reinvented my professional career at age 67. And through that process, I do a fair amount of networking and meeting new people. And along the way, I met our guest today, Nancy Schwartz. Nancy has had a wonderful career uh, in recruiting that she'll talk about. And then she is also now very involved in helping people like me and maybe you adjust to retirement or if you haven't retired yet maybe to get ready in a very healthy way and so uh, looking forward to this conversation thanks for joining us and i'd like to welcome nancy swartz nancy hello and good morning thank you larry for having me i'm very excited about this conversation well thanks and a happy new year to you i hope you had a great holiday season I I did, and I look forward to it each year. And uh, yes, thank you. Great. So I mentioned that uh, you had a, a very successful career in the recruiting business. Uh, and before we get into what you're doing now, uh, tell us about that journey of, of, of how you spent your time and what, uh, what are the most important things you remember from that part of your career? Well, it's not in the uh, um, faraway land. I spent about 40 years in uh, retained executive search, the majority of which was in retained um, search with large corporations, finally ending up at Corn Ferry, where I was a client partner. And then I broke off and formed my own company, a search execution, which was a very successful uh, boutique search firm. So. I love solving business problems. And I think that that's really what we did. You know, the major organizations could be global multinationals uh, in the top 10 and also could be very early stage companies, uh, VC, uh, private equity type of opportunities. Uh, and, and really trying to understand from the client point of view, what is it with this hire that the company is trying to do? And Oftentimes the, the client wanted a lot of things and sometimes the client just wasn't clear. It's not as if you're just replacing that person, but what is it? What's the growth mode that the client expects? And so digging really deep into what are the strategies that the company will, it, you know, is on a trajectory to grow and how would this hire really impact that company. And I think that that's what was very, very different in terms of the strategy and the approach and the reach uh, that we had in the marketplace, rather than just, let's just say, I'm hiring a CEO or I'm hiring a division president, you know, same, same vanilla type of, well, I'll get your competitor and we'll just move them over. So I think that, um, really understanding how the company operated, what was the vision of whoever to whom this would be reporting, and then farther up, what was the market expectation? Was this a private or a public company in terms of where they were placed in the market? And then what was the appetite 
in the market, right? So how, when I would go out and talk to the major executives who we thought would be the appropriate hire or not, you know, I'm going to their competitors, going out to people who may have transferable skill sets, how would they fit and what's the response? And that information, that feedback that we could give to the client uh, in saying, look, this is the market landscape. And I think that that was really a hallmark uh, expertise that I had that I could bring real data, not expectation or what they thought or what they what their belief system was about this company, but real, real time data bringing back to the client and how do we move from there? And that that was so exciting to me in terms of being able to support those clients with really top quality candidates. Well, that yeah, that's fascinating. And throughout my career, I and I think I mentioned this to you when we've been chatting, I've had a number of experiences from um, the recruitment side of being recruited. And then also when I was in higher education, I was very involved with several presidential searches for university presidents. And uh, and I, what I gather what you're saying is that you are a really good listener uh, and totally understanding um, not only the position, of course, but really understanding the culture and the company and what what they're really looking for. And I, and I think, frankly, in, in some cases that that is um, a rarity uh, because sometimes it, uh, the recruiters don't listen as much and, uh, and they're more anxious to get on to the next search. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously your success and how you did things like that um, made you very different and in, in, in top of your uh, class. So uh, thanks for explaining that. Now, on the flip side, uh, if somebody's watching that's maybe in the middle of their career um, and they, they're not quite sure the nuances of dealing with a recruiter, are there any tips for an individual in dealing with a recruiter and you know, we kind of know that you're you're performing for that person about your qualities, your experience, and things of that nature. But any anything that um, comes to mind that that people should really pay attention to during that process when they are interested in a new position. Right. So I think this is a really excellent question, and I have a couple of varying answers for that. And. Uh, in, in our world, in retained executive search, we are retained by the client. So we don't entertain people who are looking for jobs. We, we are the opposite side to that. That said, I always listened. And you, you just never know, right? I, I took a lot of risks on people because I saw the leadership quality. In terms of the candidate, if they are displaced, pleased uh, with their career growth. If something has happened to the company, you know, we just, we just don't know, um, not to their fault, but, but something product fails or they don't get the investment or there's many, many uh, reasons why, uh, or they get gobbled up by another company and they're not on the dominant side. I mean, there's just so many possibilities 
I think it's very important really early on in a career to um, take the, the retained executive search recruiters telephone calls. I never had a problem getting into the companies because I had really interesting opportunities, but I, uh, but I know now on this side in Envision Healthy Retirement, and I often get called and I will suggest such and such. And people tell me, mm, I would never talk to anyone, but you just never know. It might be a better opportunity, not only in your career, but in the cash value, in your leadership, those types mm -hmm. of things. And then if we look at just the candidate, what is uh, the problem? Is the, is the company failing? Is it that you're not having enough career uh, growth? Is it that you're blocked within the company? In other words, there's a succession and they've named this person and, and we see that all the time, right? So that we know that Joe's going to get that job or Ellen's going to get that job or whoever, they're blocked. They need to really, it's like a chess game. They need to go back out. And, and here's, here's a perfect um, example. The guy who ran chat uh, GPT, right? He said, thank you board. I, you know, I don't know the, the, what's going on with the board and I don't know any of the details. I have no insight, but all of a sudden, guess what? The board didn't want him. So no problem. I'll just go right over to Microsoft. So this is a strategy call. And then of course there's a, such an elegant CEO at, uh, at, at Microsoft who then transitioned him back into the company and said, Hmm, we're going to do business together. So, you know, both very sophisticated leadership moves to the benefit of both parties. So one, I think in an early stage, if somebody's in their forties and they really want to climb the ladder, hire a top end leadership coach, ask for opportunities in the company that are different than where you are. So let's just pretend I'm in marketing, but I need finance skills. I need sales skills. I need, you know, there's so many skill sets round out your skill sets because oftentimes skill sets are very transferable from one side of a, a company to another side. And I think that that's what I always looked for in really special people saying, oh, look, they've had this skill and this skill. They're not that now, they're something else, but I know that they can step into this new seat because they have this bundle of expertise that they're presenting. And, and perhaps, I always thought, they're an even more interesting candidate because they have a swath of industries that they work through and a swath of jobs. I'm not saying to move every single day. I'm not saying that. But Larry, you've told me in your, in your career and why you were so successful is you said to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nance, I never said no. So all the opportunities that your firms brought to you you rose up and you said, mm, don't know, but today's the day and I'm going to take a step forward and I'm going to go get whatever this thing is and I'm going to lead it. And you surrounded yourself with a great team. So you're a perfect example of someone who um, collectively uh, achieved this. Um, and I think that that's um, some, something that, that 
very, very young people who are at the beginning of their career need to aspire to. Yeah, that is all such great uh, wisdom. And you're absolutely right. I, I, when we spoke, I mentioned that I never said no to an opportunity, uh, be it in higher education or be it any of the positions I had. Uh, and the best example I, I gave was that when we merged <clears throat> the University of Toledo with the Medical College of Ohio in Toledo, um, my boss, Dr. Jacobs, asked me to take on enrollment. And I said, well, I don't know much about enrollment, uh, Dr. Jacobs, and he's a, a surgeon. So he said, I either do I. He said, but they're not doing very well. And I says, well, I'm in. Uh, and as you mentioned, I had the opportunity to hire a, a great director of undergraduate enrollment, a fellow by the name of Kevin Kutra. Uh, he taught me what I didn't know. Um, but I took that chance and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And by the way, uh, we had four years of um, record enrollment at the University of Toledo and we did things that uh, they never thought of doing before, uh, particularly in out of state recruitment. So uh, uh, that wisdom that you, you gave uh, really impacted my career. Uh, and then the other thing you mentioned that, that really resonates with me is that Never say uh, I'm not interested in even talking to someone. Uh, you know, I often say I'll, I will talk or meet with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you just never know when an opportunity might come to surface that you never thought of uh, on the surface. Uh, and so great advice to people, particularly those that want to keep moving up the ladder in uh, building that portfolio of your experience that you uh, that you mentioned, so thank you for uh, for mentioning all of that. No, and and I just want to add one more point. Uh, it's not always about you. I'm talking about myself when I when I would get these recruitment. Uh, I'm still uh, asked to do you know uh, partner roles in firms, and I'll say, well, I've I've built this new company, but thank you so much. But who can I recommend? And that's an angle that I think the audience needs to hear, um, that you have this incredible network of people, and why not promote someone? I, I've never understood why people wouldn't do that. Um, and I just had a, 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 an incident uh, in a networking group where I referred, and I thought, wow, you should know people who would, this would be a perfect, but the person wouldn't take the call. And so... I'm, I'm, um, that's a lost opportunity on two fronts in, in, in my view. Totally agree. And that's, that's what I am trying to do in my current situation with the proper group is that, um, for example, I just referred a good friend who has different skill set. His company is different than what, what I've trying to build and referred him to a major university. Uh, for a major fundraising campaign, and it looks like they're going to hire him. Awesome. Um, yeah, and, and that um, doesn't impact me immediately in the proper group, but I, I, I firmly believe if you do that enough that the door will swing the other way and uh, opportunities will come your way uh, as people know that you're trying to, uh, to help them grow as well. So uh, No, I, I totally, uh, it's, it's a 360, you know, you... You get from the universe what you give out. And 
I think also then you're known in the marketplace as you're a solution maker. Perhaps right. it, it wasn't the right uh, opportunity for your company. Obviously you want to signal it in one way or the other, but now you have even an, an a more extended network uh, that you referred someone, you know, you just never know. So uh, awesome. That, I'm just thrilled for, for that opportunity. That yeah. You yeah. So am yeah. I. And, uh, and he is at this, this fellow that I referred is actually the person who referred me six years ago to the children's hospital of Michigan. And then eventually the children's foundation. There you go. Uh, yeah. And it was, you know, six of my best years in my career. Um, and before we move on, I, I have to say that that last position I had as president of the Children's Foundation was a result of me never saying no, hmm. because um, I had the experience to run a foundation. I had the experience to recreate an organization. Uh, I had I had all this experience that I that I built over 35 years or so, and and it allowed me to have the success that I had uh, at the Children's Foundation. Um, so that that to me was very, very important. So back to you now. Um, <laughs> I know that you and your husband enjoy the arts very yes. much. Yes. Uh, and you're close to many great um, art facilities. But you're also um, a dancer, an accomplished mm -hmm. dancer. Uh, and tell us a little bit about that and what that has meant to you uh, personally, of course, and then how it has impacted your professional life, uh, if indeed it has. So thank you for that question. So yes, my mom tried to tire me out, but it didn't work out quite so like that. So <laughs> um, I've always been interested in movement and I love to move. And one of the most beautiful things I think in the world is dancing of any kind. And I'm passionate about all kinds. In fact, we know from my point of view now, Larry, which we've discussed, is that dancing from a cognitive point of view, from a community point of view, from a technical point of view, from a musical point of view, okay. is fabulous, any kind of dancing. In fact, there was an article last week in the New York Times where this woman shared she loved to dance. And as a teenager, she would go out into the parking lot, turn up her radio as high as possible, and just dance and dance and dance and have fun with her friends. And she said, you know what? I'm gonna go do that again. And it was just such a beautifully written article about, again, all the things that I've just talked about. So um, yes, um, I, uh, fell in love with ballet. It's got really a structure, a technique. There's many different kinds of ballet, depending on the different schools that you go in. And then I really enjoyed the progression into modern. Um, I love New York. There's so many interesting and incredible dancers that come and work in New York and also that, that New York brings from the world to perform. So you, get, you have the opportunity to see just amazing uh, things. Uh, last last week we went to um, uh, the Joyce where they had um, a beautiful Phil Glass program and interspersed with his uh, piano notes, but also little pieces of, of dancing to Phil, Phil uh, Glass's music. And so the choreography was across the board, 
from tap to modern to um, interpretive to well-known choreographers to choreographers who are just getting a start. So it's just the appetite uh, to be able to see new and inventive things. And where, where is this conversation of dance taking? What, what are they saying uh, to us, the audience? So um, I love moving still. I'm all about um, keeping my body and my mind in really a uh, top performance for, for, for where I am now, top performance opportunities and the, the ability to create with someone and, and try out different movements on your body. It's, it's just a, such a, a wonderful experience. And then to have that uh, with other people, I think you just learn and grow. Um, I'm learning from, you know, multi-generations. So that's really important. Uh, and I'm so blessed to be in a community that we can import uh, dancers. And I found a program here uh, in Connecticut, that's just super, but also I'm very close to New York to be able to see the world-class uh, companies as well. So it's it's a passion. Yeah, and it's something you can do, obviously, uh, your whole life. Start yes. when you're, in your case, a little girl maybe, and then continue to this very day. And it's also great exercise, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, wonderful. So, Let's talk now about your current um, efforts professionally. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, you and I met during a networking uh, Zoom call, which was which was great. There was 15 or so of us on the phone call and, and I followed up with a few, but uh, I really followed up with you the most um, because I was so intrigued by what you're doing now uh, and I know that our audience would love to hear about that. And then uh, I have a couple follow-up questions for advice on that. So if you don't mind telling us what you're up to these days. Well, Larry, I'm trying to stay out of trouble. But in, in the meantime, I founded a company called Envision Healthy Retirement. And what I do is uh, take people who are in and around retirement, who are in a career, and there's an urgency. They're coming out. So is it a planned retirement? Is it a forced layoff? Is it um, just, I, I'm done? Yeah, I'm basically, I can't, I can't go no more. Um, where are they? But they are in an intimate exiting of the company. And then we have no education around retirement. We have the education around the, the wealth management and, and the companies have helped us grow that. Uh, and we've paid a lot of attention to that. But the rest of our life, not the finance part, is vacant. There's nothing out there. And that's what I struggled with when I retired. I'm like, okay, hello. Uh, and he, yeah, I, I had no idea how to move forward, how to, how to um, embrace this new uh, journey that I was on. But I knew that I was overwhelmed. I was burnt beyond a toast, beyond a toast. I was exhausted. Um, I had really no stamina for any more problems or headaches. And that had to change because that's not a way to live a life. But how do I do that? I don't know. So I've spent about five years to educate myself uh, from top global experts, specifically looking at the health component so from a mindset uh, 
uh, from a growth mindset, from the body, mind, and soul. So putting that all together, not separate. I've always been separate. So thinking about it that way, building my relationships, uh, which don't always come with you from, from uh, work. Either they're still working or they're just not interested or your timing, people move away. Um, we noticed that tremendously in, in the COVID period. And then also play. I want to play. I want to have some good times. I want to have fun. And now I have the time to do that. So really amping up that, that I own my time, right? I'm not dominated by my calendar, but I have expansiveness. And this is what I want to convey to people that retirement isn't negative or um, limiting or problematic or um, very depressive, which easily people can slide into, believe me, but quite the opposite. We spent, if you think of an inverse triangle, I built this model on for the company that, you know, we're educated, we go to go to schools or technical school, or, you know, there's some kind of education here. And then there's this huge portion of our lives, which is 40, 50 years, even longer, perhaps, that we are operating. But then at the top of the triangle, this is the most expansive and wonderful time. And I want people and, and my clients particularly to feel that anything, they can do anything they want to do. And we're in an era now where everyone defines their own retirement. It is not a Everybody goes, does this, not that, this. No, we are now in a time frame where everybody defines what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. And I think that that's the message that I want to take forward. But people need to envision it, think about it. They need to plan it, right? And then they need to go execute it. So they have to treat them themselves very much like a company. They are the company of themselves. They are the CEO of themselves. And, um, and that takes work. <laughs> That's all I have to it say. Takes, yeah, it does take work and it takes a strategy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a plan that uh, you've, you've, as the retiree or soon to be, have thought about, have talked to your spouse or your colleagues or loved ones, and, and that you've as you mentioned, you're the CEO of yourself and your and the company that you're creating as you retire. That's that's exactly what I have tried to do. Uh, I knew I was leaving the Children's Foundation for a year. Uh, that was my choice. Uh, Judy and I moved to to uh, Florida. That was our choice. Uh, but I had to figure out what I was going to do next. And I mentioned to you when we chatted uh, on your podcast, which I'm excited to see, um, that, you know, every, every job has things that you particularly enjoy. And then every job, I think, has things that you don't particularly enjoy. Uh, and people say, well, that's why they call it a job. Well, right. it's in, this new, in this new era of, of retirement, then what I'm trying to do is is pick the things that I enjoy the most, be it coaching, be it helping organizations rebrand themselves, 
uh, or recruit somebody and then concentrate on that uh, versus the things that uh, that I no longer have a passion for. And there are, there's a, several of those things, but there's a lot that I still do. And I'm trying to create this proper group that allows me to uh, to keep doing the things I really like to do and feel that I can help organizations and people. So uh, I hope that makes sense. It, it makes total sense. And I think the huge point that you've just made, and I, I, I can't emphasize how huge this point is, is your no list. No. Move that aside. Here's where I'm going. And I think that for clients, life has a lot of demands, particularly when we're in a career. And it, and it may not be of our own choosing, it just simply is. And what the choice you now at this at this point in time in your life, you now have choice. And that's so important. So Larry, exactly what you were saying, the no list is equally, if not more important, than the yes list. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, well, absolutely. And uh, and in my my example on that is, you know, a lot of people have always viewed me as a development person, a fundraiser. But what I've enjoyed the most is improving operations, improving uh, culture, improving a brand. Um, and I often say the world doesn't need another fundraising consultant. But, but nonprofits and colleges and universities do need mm. uh, people to help them operationally improve, culturally improve, and get better. Uh, and that's really what I have a passion for. And so uh, that's, you know, that's what I'm hoping to do. And, and I have said no to some things that are just strictly um, siloed into fundraising and, and uh, not, but I refer, you know, I'm, I have some people and some friends that that's what they have passion for and that's what they do well. So I refer them. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've, I'm hoping that comes back to assist me uh, along the way. It will. It will. So, so um, before we close, uh, Nancy, I was wondering if you had any um, points of view for somebody watching or listening that is getting ready to retire that, um, that you haven't mentioned that, that they should think about um, so that that is a smooth process for them. You know, we, we've all heard stories of people retire and they think they're going to play golf every day. But after, you know, six months, they kind of say, I, I, I can't play golf every day. Um, and so do you have any wisdom for our people getting close or uh, have recently retired? Right. So, so thank you for that question. I think that's such an important question that we don't ask enough. So I think most importantly, it takes time. So have patience and each day is progress. Um, again, you're starting over. You are re, as Larry would say, rebranding changing your identity, you are upgrading all your operating systems, your body, your mind, your soul. This is huge shift that's happening. And the journey is not how I'm looking at it, not just to exit this career into retirement, 
but to exit in a healthy retirement at the start so that you can carry out whatever your strategy is, whatever your passion is, whatever this expansive moment is for yourself 30, 40 years down the road. And I think that's so important that in the financial services world, they think very short term, okay, what are you doing for, you know, year one, year three, maybe year five, but I'm telling you that our longevity and the quality of your longevity is paramount and how you start will be how you end. Great, great advice. So, um, well, thank you very much for, uh, for all you're doing, uh, and it's a, it's been a pleasure to become friends and, and colleagues. Uh, and thank you for being on discovering the power of you. Uh, and I know that uh, your wisdom will mean a lot to our viewers and our listeners. So, Nancy Schwartz, thank you, and uh, I look forward to continuing our conversation together. Thank you, Larry, and thank you to your team. I so appreciate the opportunity and. Here's to an incredible 2024 for everyone. Absolutely. I like to say onward, onward together. So thank you very much. And thank you for watching and listening to Discovering the Power of You.